Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Tom, you doing okay? Man, Deacon Jeff, I'm great. Are you great? How are you? We just spent the first few minutes of, before this show started, you were telling me how rotten life was, and now you're telling me you're great. <laughs> You've got this really positive attitude, and I love the fact that you get on this radio program and tell people you're doing great. You know, no, when I know you're, you're in the corner great. booth with you, how That's can right. you not be doing great? Let me tell you this. I we know get, they've we, heard us say that We before. have to talk about this for a second. I, I have not gotten an email about this, but I'm assuming that maybe one day I will. We have such a great and holy pope, Pope Francis, in all his humility, right, in all of his grandeur. Mm-hmm. He's the most humble guy, I think, on the planet. I agree. Right? He's, like, eschewing all these uh, things of, like, where he lives and right. and, and how he uh, moves around town and whatnot. He uh, he doesn't like the luxury stuff. And so I'm waiting for someone to send me the email and say, Deacon Jeff. The you Pope guys, wants to see you. No. You guys have this <laughs> luxurious corner booth. Shouldn't you not have? Should you have a humble <laughs> corner booth? And so I want to just I would be in some rotten <laughs> diner somewhere. We, we want to clear this up a little bit. Now, when I say luxurious corner booth, right. I want people to understand that this is like as luxurious as Naga hide can be. You know, <laughs> you know, red Naga hide is is maybe it's luxurious in some corners of the world, but hey, here it's luxurious to me. We call it that, and I'm saying luxurious. I'm sort of like looking to the future. Right. You know how we we talk about our bodies as we get older. We get we start to get you know pains and disease yeah. and. Things are broken. They don't work the way they used to. And we look forward to that glorified body. We do. Right? We do. Well, so I'm kind of looking forward. When I say luxurious corner booth, I'm looking for that luxurious corner booth in the sky. <laughs> right? That's great. That's what I'm thinking about. So we are in the humble corner booth of the Catholic Cafe oh, here. Oh, we're going to change it. No, we don't need to do that. No. It's, when I say luxurious, I mean humble. It's the same thing I to me. It. Anyway, all that aside. I'm with you. We, we, you know, we need to talk about Lent a little bit. We should. Um, and... It's interesting. I was uh, at a restaurant, mm-hmm. in fact, today, and I was looking. Was it luxurious? It was not. And I was looking at the wall, and they had a big uh, uh, calendar up there with the little chalkboard kind of calendar talking mm-hmm. about all the different things, different days, activities going on in this particular place. And then I looked over on, on all of the Fridays. Yeah. They all said, fish on Friday, fish on Friday, all the way down. Now, this was not a Catholic restaurant. Wow. But I, I, I thought. That's great. I thought two things. First of all, I thought, isn't it amazing how the Catholic culture has actually influenced the rest of the world? Oh, yeah. Unbeknownst to them, yeah. the reason why everybody eats fish on Fridays is because of Catholics. Yeah. Especially during Lent, right? We, yeah. we, we see that. And, and words like breakfast, which means to break your fast, break fast. right? That comes, that's Catholic culture right there. Mm-hmm. But then the other thought I had was, you know, we need to f- talk about Lent and what it actually means to like to participate in Lent, to experience Lent. Mm-hmm. And and the way that the church asks us to experience Lent, some people look at, you know, fish on Fridays, giving up meat on Fridays, is that's well that's what I'm doing for Lent. That's right. what I do. That's my Lenten that's experience. That's a part of it. Right? So Jesus went to the desert for 40 days and didn't have any food at all. And you're just going to give up having a steak on Friday. Right. And you're going to have a, a, a beautiful lobster dinner instead. Right. You know. Right. And you can – now, I'm being facetious there. Oh, I know. Um, because, you know, abstaining from meat is a, a universal sign of our abstinence. It's a, it's a universal sign that we're all together on the same page in this idea that we need to give something up here. And, but it does call into question, what do we do for Lent? How do we participate? And I was thinking about, uh, you know, the several masses recently as we as we go through the the 
the observance of Lent mm-hmm. in, in liturgy, mm-hmm. we see everything is pared down, right? The, the flowers are gone from the altar. The yep. the, the music, there you don't hear much music. It's, mm-hmm. In fact, the church instructs us to only play music when it's accompanying the voice. Mm-hmm. And that, that like little musical ditties to help Father get from his chair to the ambo or something would not be necessary. Or while we're cleaning the... Uh, the sacred vessels, right. uh, you know, after Holy Communion, right. you would need to play a little something to kind of keep everyone's interest, or or even to keep them inspired. That right. silence there right. is is that that sort of pared down liturgy, and so we see this this sense of participation in Lent in in by taking away some of the things that we're used to and, and that are right. normal to our lives. And I love how really the 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 church at this time of year in the Lenten time of year, always refocuses on those three aspects, the three things that we can do in participating in Lent, and that's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Right. And so we're going to talk a little bit about those as we go through our show today. And I wanted to, well, we're going to start with fasting. Okay. Because fasting is one of those things that we all know about, right? We all, even kids in the schoolyard. Oh, yeah. You know, hey, what do you give up for Lent? Right. You know, what do you give up for Lent? Right. Right. And I still remember the little kid, uh, you know, who who gave up homework right. uh, one time. And uh, he thought that was a good idea. And his parents helped him understand that wasn't <laughs> necessarily good. And the adult version of that is, well, I've given up going to the dentist right. you know, uh, for Lent. And so I got uh, a buddy that's given up patience. <laughs> but I have a feeling he's like that all the time. I'll be yeah. honest with you. But look, you know, the idea of fasting, the idea of giving something up mm-hmm. is important, and we, and we need not forget it. I know that there's a lot of folks that like to look at new ways to do things every year, and so you ask the, the Catholic who's been Catholic their entire life or for a very long time at least, and they've been doing Lent, and they got about, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 Lent under their belt, you know, so they're good at Lent. They know what they're doing, and you say, what'd you they're give up? Well, you know, this year <laughs> I'm not giving something up. I'm doing something extra. Right. And while that is okay, it's admirable that you would do something extra. I'm right. I'm a big fan of that. I do think that it's important that in some way we still continue a fast. In some way sacrifice something. We we do need to offer a sacrifice. And mm-hmm. and uh it, it may be it's a sacrifice of time or something, but the reality is we need to not separate ourselves from you know, just just removing things that give us comfort, mm-hmm. things that we enjoy, things that we've come to um, to to find happiness in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the everyday things, the comfort foods. You know, chocolate and ice cream, and or the or the the beer or the or the soft drinks. And a lot of people think, well, that's trivial to give up. You know, Jesus died on the cross for you, and you give up Diet Coke, mm-hmm. which is what I do, by the way. That's tough for a no, lot of folks. I, yeah. So, and the important, yeah, exactly right, but but. I do not equate giving up Diet Coke with being on the cross. Oh, yeah, no. No. Now, sometimes I feel like that, but that's, that's, that's just me, and I need to go see a therapist. But, but the important thing is that we always stay connected to that suffering in some way, that we always, right. little trivial ways. Some, some of the early saints used to, to do things like put a pebble in their shoe. Right. So that when they're walking around, they would always feel that little slight discomfort and always be thinking, Hey, Jesus died for me. I'm, right. I'm willing to do this, and, and that that becomes a prayer. Right. So giving something up, maintaining that fasting experience is good, and we we have official days of fast, mm-hmm. right? When we when we Ash Wednesday and, and Good Friday, right? And then some, the church would ask us to continue that through Holy Saturday, but but we do also have these times of abstinence of just of pulling back mm-hmm. from you know full on 
enjoyment of all of life's good things, right? right? And and those are ways of reminding us, you know, of, of 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 you know, not humiliating us, but helping us to be humble, right? Right? Um, it's just it's a beautiful gift, and so we don't want to forget the fasting aspect of things. And it's so easy for folks. And by the way, I I, mm-hmm. I should say that a lot of people get so intent on the fasting because there's the other side is also true. Mm-hmm. Some people get so intent on the fasting mm-hmm. that that's all that, that, that Lent is about nothing but deprivation. Right. You know, I'm not going to get as much sleep. I'm not going to get as much food. I'm not going to get, you know, I'm going to lose 40 pounds I'm gonna, all these things that you're going to do during Lent. And so we have to be cautious not to overdo the, that as well. Right. That it, that this fasting is meant to be spiritual. Right. Right. Not necessarily to help us whip us into shape. Right. Right. right? But it's it's meant to sort of tame our human instincts. It's supposed to, we're supposed to master ourselves, mm-hmm. our flesh, mm-hmm. to be able to use our minds, our souls, our bo- to, to control our body, to control our flesh. And and this is this is a, such a beautiful gift. And we don't want to forget that. But we don't want to go overboard and think that 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 fasting is something that is supposed to be this long, agonizing. Uh, you know, adventure into pain and deprivation to the point of maybe losing sight of the spiritual goal. Right. Right. And so, uh, yeah, the Lord could be in the desert for 40 days, but, but we, but we don't have probably to don't need to do that. Yeah. He, he didn't have food and water for 40 days. We, we, we can't do that. Right. Right. So we need to, you know, keep things in check here and realize the importance of keeping a, a good balance in our life. In fact, there's an interesting thing. If you do a little math, or you, you're a math major, aren't you? No, no wait, no, you were football. I forgot. No. I forgot. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn. That's right. <laughs> How about that? You stayed up? Yeah. I've, I've used that expression. You know, I may, yeah. not, I may have been born yesterday, but I stayed up all night studying. <laughs> so, you know, if you do math, you look, uh-huh. um, the song does not go, these 48 days of Lent, oh, Lord. Right. right. There's 40 days of Lent. Correct. And yet, if you do the math and look, there's, there's more than 40 days. Right. And so we have to remember that the church reminds us, even though that we are in the Lenten season, mm-hmm. there are days during Lent, which would be the Sundays of Lent, when we are, while we do so in a, a less a joyous fashion, right. we are reminded of the, the, the resurrection. We're reminded right. of the, the joys of Easter to come. It's like a mini Easter. Yeah, it very, but it's very many during right. Lent. That's why we take away the flowers. We keep things simple with the music. Right. And, and that things are not supposed to be real flashy and ornate and partisan. That's when the, why the right. church would, would ask us to be careful about things like uh, celebrations for weddings and whatnot during the Lenten season. Right. Uh, so, so that we realize that the, that the party atmosphere is, is maybe we should temper that down. a little bit. Exactly right. But we don't. We are relieved of the Lenten fast on the Sundays of Lent. We call those loopholes in my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kids learn real you gotta quick. Got to find a loophole, yeah. man. Kids learn real quick about stuff like that. Don't oh, they? I know. But the importance of the fast and maintaining the fast is something we don't want to forget as, as Catholics. It's a good opportunity for us to to tame that uh, that that human beast within, right? I to agree, help us yeah. to keep our flesh in check. Yes. Right, and to remind us 
uh, of the great spiritual uh, calling that we have. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and doing that with our bodies is a good way of, uh, uh, of uniting ourselves with the suffering of Christ on the cross. Now, we are going to have more to talk about here. With We're going to talk about prayer and almsgiving in uh, just a minute when we come back. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone at home, we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. On October 7, 1571, the great naval battle of Lepanto was fought between the Ottoman Turks and an alliance of Catholic kingdoms assembled by Pope Pius V. This titanic sea battle, fought for the freedom of Christianity in Europe and the preservation of Western civilization, was entrusted to the patronage of our Blessed Mother through the intercession of Our Lady of Victory. The Ottoman Turks had been trying to dominate the Mediterranean Sea with their navy for many years. They slowly captured small Christian outposts and sold much of the population into slavery. The Ottoman armies were brutal and merciless. They sought to exterminate Christianity from all of Europe. After the Turks began the conquest of Cyprus, a small island in the Mediterranean Sea, all Christian Europe became alarmed. Pope Pius V recognized the threat from the Turkish forces and convinced the political rulers of the day to form an alliance that might defend the Christian people of Europe from the threat of the Ottoman Turks. Pius assembled the brave knights of Malta, the Kingdom of Spain, the Venetians, and several other Italian kingdoms into a naval force that was finally able to challenge Turkish naval dominance. The last knight of Christendom, Don Juan of Austria led the Christian forces. On the day of the great battle of Lepanto, the Pope implored all of Christian Europe to seek the intercession of Our Lady of Victory through praying the rosary. As the Christian ships met the Ottoman host on the turbulent seas, Pius V led a rosary procession through St. Peter's Square in Rome. The entire endeavor was given over to the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Pope was given a vision, which assured him that the Christian forces had prevailed. There was a great foreboding that the Christian forces were going to fail against the superior Turkish fleet, but through the Pope's faith and the intercession of Our Lady of Victory, the Christian fleet miraculously carried the day and drove the enemy ships out of Christian waters. The Turkish losses were so great that they were never able to recoup their strength as a mighty naval power. Pius V commemorated the Christian victory at Lepanto through the Blessed Mother's intercession by establishing the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. Pope Paul VI changed the name of the feast to Our Lady of the Rosary. This feast day is celebrated on October the 7th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We are continuing our conversation about 
the Linden Experience. We experience, are. Experience, 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 experience. <laughs> that was high tech right there. I like that. So, um, nice touch. We've talked about fasting and the fact that we don't want to fast too much. We don't want to fast too little. We right. don't want to ignore the importance of the fast. And yet, do we really want to use this as an opportunity to totally deprive ourselves and, and, and maybe even teach us that our, our, our human flesh is sinful or bad? Mm-hmm. You know, that there's... Uh, that there, there can be some danger there to be careful. Now, a good, healthy fast mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Again, as, as long as the spiritual goal is kept, as long as the idea is that you're getting closer to God, fasting, fasting is a beautiful thing. And, uh, and, and it's a wonderful experience and should not be ever forgotten when we talk about Lent. Right. But then what ends up happening a lot, mm-hmm. if you ask the average Catholic about Lent, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to mind is fasting, right? That's right. They'll think about fish on Friday, so they're thinking about fasting yeah. and abstinence. Those are the things that come right immediately to mind. In fact, some people think that's all there is to Lent. That plus giving up the chocolate and the Diet Cokes. Abstaining, and, right, giving right, 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 right. up fasting, not partaking of all the things you'd normally yeah. partake in. Yeah. And so, But there's more to it. That's right. And we don't want to forget that because these are important aspects of Lent. Mm-hmm. And one is prayer. Right. You know, I can't say it enough that... The world needs to pray more mm-hmm. because essentially prayer is a conversation, right? A conversation with God. And there's give and take in prayer. And the idea that we will be conversing with God is important. Mm-hmm. And you stop and think, well, do you pray? And you, I've asked people that question, especially when I'm, I'm counseling someone. They're talking about problems they got in their life and mm-hmm. what's going on. I'll ask them if they pray. And they say, of course I pray. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, well, when, when do you pray? Well, I pray before I eat my meal. Yeah. You know, and then. Sometimes I'll ask God some questions as I'm driving. Mm-hmm. You know, why'd you put that idiot in front of me? But whatever. <laughs> but essentially, and not to make light of people having bad fortune in their lives and, and not knowing how to deal with it, but the reality is a lot of times we, what I find is people aren't really praying. Yeah. They're not really spending time in prayer. In fact, I, I thought I would uh, spend just a minute here reading uh, from Sacred Scripture because we get during Lent we get this great on Ash Wednesday this great great gospel, uh, the Gospel of Matthew and the, the sixth chapter, mm-hmm. and you know Jesus tells us how to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He tells us how to how to how to pray. He tells us how to fast, how to give alms. He tells us all these things, and and that's the, starting with the, the the first verse of the sixth chapter is where he starts talking about this. But I I do like the fact that he says here. Um, this is uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 5 of, of, of Matthew's gospel. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And in praying, this is key, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Mm -hmm. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Then he goes on to tell us how to pray and he gives us the beautiful Lord's Prayer at that point in the 6th chapter of Matthew. But it's interesting to me that first of all we don't pray so that others can see us. I mean it's okay to pray in public. Right. But that should not be the reason that we pray. Right. I, I often think about people who want to make, who want to demonstrate, mm-hmm. and the way they demonstrate is through prayer. Right. Again, it's a fine line here. Right. There are people that 
don't mind being seen praying in public, mm-hmm. and that can be a beautiful witness. Mm-hmm. But if their intent is to pray so that others will see them, then you wonder if I'm there's a point. little bit of pride going on. And you don't, yeah. and I, I don't want to accuse anyone who prays in public of being prideful, but there is a temptation. Yeah. Because I know that I've been tempted when I when I when I pray and I pray in public, I can't help but in the back of my mind, I think maybe the devil puts this there, but mm-hmm. hey, that guy's listening, that guy's listening, that guy's watching. Let me mm-hmm. give him a good show. Yeah. Let him show him I'm gonna show him how to pray. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray his socks off. Right. Watch this blessing over this meal. Right. You know, and, and I have to be careful with that because you don't want that to be the reason you pray. And Jesus admonishes folks for, for praying like the hypocrites do, because they don't right. mean it. Now there is something to be said for praying in public, being seen, even in a po- point where you know you're going to be seen. But praying with, with heart and with meaning, that's good. Right. That's good. But we don't want to pray. And, and then after that, he, he further admonishes people not to pray like he, he, heaping up empty words. Right. Right. Just rattling stuff off. And so often, maybe we pray, we've memorized prayers. And, and the beautiful prayers of the saints that have, have been in our tradition for years and years and years, mm-hmm. uh, some of these beautiful martyrs and, and some of these beautiful liturgies from the from the uh, earliest years of the church and some of those prayers, we still say them today, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. And prayers like the Hail Mary, the Our Father, these are beautiful prayers, and anyone should feel like they should be able to. In fact, they should. You need to be teaching your kids the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be right off the bat. They need to know that. Right. They just need to know that. These are important things. They should always remember to, to, to pray that way. But, you know... Sometimes we can get lost and do what what one priest calls a machine gun rosary. Mm-hmm. You know where am I? Grace of the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the name of Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, praise the Lord. Amen. Right. And you say that you think, well, have I really prayed? And I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying ask yourself that question. Right. And honestly answer yourself that question. Yeah. And maybe it'll change how you pray a little bit. But heaping up empty words. How how often do we pray? Right. And so we need to remember that prayer is part of Lent. dedicating time to set aside for God in prayer is so, so vitally important Mm -hmm. because it focuses us. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is, right, where Jesus is talking about don't be like the hypocrites because they pray where they want everyone to see him because it's it's about pride for them. Mm -hmm. In real, true, genuine prayer, what is Lent about? Lent is about being humble, about Mm -hmm. being broken down so that God can build you up, God can fill you, emptying yourself so that God can fill you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in prayer, we actually humble ourselves. Why? Because we're coming to our Father. We're recognizing His awesome greatness mm-hmm. and not ours. Right. We're not telling Him something. I love how Jesus says, hey, Jesus already, God already knows what you're going to tell Him before you've even prayed. Mm-hmm. He already knows the word. So then why should we pray? Because He wants to see that act of humility. He wants us to, to empty ourselves so that He can fill us. Right. Right? So prayer is so important. As a part of Lent. And then, of course, now, this third one is the one that's probably least remembered. Almsgiving. Yeah, and the, and the pastors want to tell you about it because they want those. <laughs> they need the collection. we got to pay for the church. we got to keep right. it. We want to have the new youth building or of we got to have the right. Now, And those are good things. Sure. But at the same time, we have to remember, as, as Catholics, we sometimes want to forget about the almsgiving part. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I did a lot of prayer and fasting, you know. Right. Well, almsgiving is part of it, too, because, again, that's taking what would be give us comfort. What, what, is, what gives us comfort? Knowing that our ticket's punched, right? right? Knowing that we won the lottery, we got plenty of money, we got a big, thick bank account, we got something to lean back on when time gets get bad. We're okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. right? We, we know where our next meal is coming from. 
<laughs> and so what happens when you give alms? You're cutting into that. Yeah, you're cutting into that. In fact, it's not truly almsgiving if you're giving from your excess. In other words, if you're giving what you don't need. Right. Right? If, and now, it's a good thing you should give what you don't need. Right. But I want you to understand that the, the, the spirit of almsgiving is that you would give what you need. You, you would give, you know, what about the, the widow's might and some of these exactly. stories that you hear in, in scriptures that tell us that they give out of their, you know, the, 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 all they have. Right. They give. Right. What's that cute little story, the littlest angel, you know, uh, exactly. that cute little kid story about, you know, the most important gifts are the ones that mean the most to the person that gives them. And if your livelihood, if you're giving that, Ooh, that's that's challenging. Right. Now, again, not to extremes to the point where it's like, honey, we can't pay the house note because I gave it all to the church. <laughs> you know, we have to be careful about some of those things, but we have to be mindful and open right. to a spirit of giving. Yeah. Right. So prayer, fasting and almsgiving, the three of them are so vitally important. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say which one's more important. And I would venture to say that at di- different times in your life, yeah, there might be time, yeah, there might be there might be some that uh, that are more important than others or more impactful sure. to your life than others. But we certainly don't want to neglect any mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. which makes me think as I'm sitting there. You know, one of the things I love to do is I love to preach about this stuff and then realize the Lord, while preaching through me, is preaching to, to me. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm thinking, I need to go I need home to and pick up the pace here. <laughs> I need to, I need to, I need to do something right. more. I need to offer a little bit more to to the church, to uh, to the poor, uh, especially at this time right. of Lent, because that's, you know, that's really what the forty days are about. Yeah, right. They're they're preparation for the Easter mysteries. Right. So how do we prepare ourselves to be filled with God, to be filled with His Spirit, to be filled with Jesus and the Eucharist and empty all yourself. the right empty. Yep. We got to. Pour it all out. Yep. Right? So that means tearing down the pride, tearing down the self-aggrandizing and the, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a great person. Right? And we do that with those those humbling things that we do in prayer, fasting, and um, and almsgiving. So, Tom, what are you church, giving up? What are you church doing? Church knows what, they're, what, what she's doing. <laughs> she does. does she? And she's asking you, Tom. Oh, are yeah. You, Let's are spend you? it on me. Here we go. <laughs> what am I giving up? You know, you got you got to. You ask me. Yeah. No, I'm just teasing. I don't want to know what you're giving up, but I do know that you're a family man. You got kids, and how do you, in your in your family you you probably see opportunities for helping the kids along in this process and teaching that. Well, you know, what's funny about that is is my kids don't miss a beat on the things that I've given up. There if, you go. If you tell them, if you admit to your family, hey, I'm giving this, this, and this up, they will not let you even come close to thinking about. You know, taking taking that on. No, kids are great that way. Oh, they're funny. But you know what? What they we do, so and so the giving up is great, and and with the family, it's important. Especially you, Caroline. We do, <laughs> we do. We like my wife takes them to mass. She tries to go to daily right. mass. So we do. We we up the ante right. when it comes to our spirituality and prayer, fasting and almsgiving. All those things help to build a beautiful oh, yeah. Lent, and this really is a, tr- a a joyous season. It is in its absence of pleasures. Yep, it's a joyous season to behold. So I'll tell you what, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer, and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin, look graciously on this confession of our lowliness that we, who are bowed down by our conscience, may always be lifted up by your mercy. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, 
who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>